time for This Morning Fact Checker. This is where we debunk misinformation based on real evidence, real facts. We try to set the record straight. And we are pleased to be joined by our new resident fact checker here in the studio, Kim Soo-hyun. Soo-hyun, good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Henry. We are going to begin with the controversy in regards to the Prosecutor General, Yoon Seok-yeol. It was a bit of a roller coaster ride last week. We know that there's tensions between Justice Minister Chumie and Prosecutor General Yoon Seok-yeol. Uh, that seems to continue to escalate. Uh, give us some background. Can you tell us more, please? Okay, so earlier last week, Justice Minister Chumie announced to exclude top prosecutor Yoon Seok-yeol from investigations into the Lime Asset Management scandal, which launched a whole other issue of whether or not the Justice Minister was abusing her power to reign over a top prosecutor. So this is the second time Chu has exercised investigative command. The first was in July when she took a similar action of the probe into an alleged blackmail blackmail case involving a key aide to Yoon. This also marks the third time in constitution that the justice minister has deprived the top prosecutor of his rights to command. So her recent order and involvement have been hot potatoes of the week. Yoon attended the National Assembly's regular audit of the Supreme Prosecutor's Office last Thursday and made a statement that said, Prosecutor General is not subordinate to the Justice Minister and that her repeated orders to take over his investigative command authority in certain cases is illegal and absurd. If we were to sort out their rankings as in who comes first, the Prosecutor General can be seen as the underling of the Justice Minister. According to Article 8 of the Prosecutor's Office Act, it says, As a chief superintendent to supervise prosecutorial affairs, the Minister of Justice shall direct and supervise prosecutors in general, and concerning specific cases, he or she shall direct and supervise only the Prosecutor General. Article 32 of the Government Organization Act also stipulates that the Prosecutor's Office shall be established under the Minister of Justice to manage its affairs related to prosecutors. It can be understood that the Prosecutor General is subordinate to the Justice Minister, according to the current law. And it's also not illegal for Chu to exclude him from certain cases and take over investigative command authority. Right. So the letter of the law is clear. The justice minister is superior to the prosecutor general in the actual uh, hierarchy of the government structure. Now, there are some legal experts that say the notion of subordination or superiority cannot be just taken in the literal sense here, and they voice concerns over uh, the growing power being used by the Justice Minister. Could you walk us through that a little further? Okay, sure. So in fact, Yoon's main argument at the audit also was that a minister is someone who is fundamentally a politician, a government official in political service. So treating Yoon and his office as subordinates to a politician can violate their juridical independence, merely in terms of investigation and indictment. And such action can lead to politically biased results, as opposed to what Minister Chu claims to be a fair and independent probe. That's where his statement that prosecutors are not underlings of the justice minister comes into place. Some legal experts also say that though the justice minister is higher 
higher up in the hierarchy, the superiority here doesn't mean that the prosecutor general must follow every order given by the minister. They say the prosecutor's office may not be an independent organization, but it is an independent administration and should be able to make its own decisions and rules without the interference of the justice minister or other external forces. And that Chu's continual orders can jeopardize the political neutrality of prosecutors. All right, so that's the argument. Uh, we'll talk about that more, as we said, during our Radio Salon segment in part four. Let's move on to another issue, Suyeon. As the flu vaccine death cases have risen here in Korea, mm-hmm. there's been um, about a lot of online rumor mongering regarding the manufacture of it. What are some of the uh, speculative rumors? Mm, So the main online speculation seems to be that the vaccines being provided to the public under the free national vaccination program are actually from China. And it's the reason for so many unexplained and unexpected deaths. One online social media post, which was liked by a few hundred and shared more than 200 times, even said the Korean government has decided to import some 30 million doses and will force 20 million people to get get vaccinated. This post was originally posted in September after the government announced that they were closely watching the COVID-19 vaccine developments in China in order to secure enough vaccine doses. This post seems to have resurfaced and gained momentum as the level of distrust and concern regarding flu shots seem to be growing among the public. So then the truth, where are the uh, vaccines actually being made? Mm, Well, there are seven pharmaceutical companies that produce vaccines as a part of the government's free vaccine plan, according to the Ministry of Food and Drug Safety, MFDS among which six are Korean domestic manufacturers, mainly LG Chemicals, SK Bioscience, Green Cross, Poryong Biopharma, and etc. And there is also Sanofi, a French pharmaceutical company and the only foreign company in the program. Sanofi manufactures most of its vaccines in France and brings them to Korea, so there is no correlation to the circulating rumors. There are also other three pharmaceutical companies that are not part of the th- uh, part of the free vaccine program, but provide shots on a charge, such as Poryong Jayak and Dongha SD. They produce vaccines in Korea, and there is also an, the England England-based company Glaxos uh, Klein GSK that manufactures vaccines in Germany. So then, what about the recent concerns which claim? Uh, most of the undiluted solutions needed for vaccines are being imported from China. Is that actually true? No, it's not true. Um, main opposition people, uh, main opposition people, Power Party lawmaker Gu Jagun published a misleading press release last Friday, which said that the number of diluted vaccine solutions imported from China in the last five years. outnumbered the vaccine exports by 14 times. Some of the media have quoted this release as if there was an actual link between Chinese undiluted vaccine solutions and the recent death surge, increasing the concerns and confusion that people already had about the flu shot and its manufacturers. The MFDS has confirmed that no shot in Korea used vaccine solutions from China. Among the 
10 vaccine manufacturers this year, only three companies used imported vaccine solutions, but all from France. So it's safe to say that none of the flu injections that are being provided in Korea are made in China, and the companies don't even import vaccine solutions from China, but only from France. Right. And again, that is why in the opening we were talking about how the Prime Minister Chung Se-yoon is uh, trying to rebut and refute the government is uh, all these uh, fake news that have been going about in regards to these current vaccines. Which leads us to our final uh, fact check here, Suhyun. We're looking at all these rumors regarding the vaccine and the main reason for concern. We can talk about the diluted materials and all that. But the main reason why people are concerned Mm -hmm. is that uh, we've seen these recent deaths uh, that are being reported right after somebody took the vaccination. Mm -hmm. So I I guess we're going to try to break this up. First of all, is the death toll this year really that unusual? Okay, so yes. Um, If we look at the records from the year 2009, the death toll, death toll in this case, number of deaths caused right after vaccinations, but not implying that the vaccines are the direct cause. There there were eight death cases in 2009 and five in 2014, and almost 50 cases this year so far. So yes, it is quite an unusual figure. So there are more reported deaths than were reported in 2009 and 2014. We're not sure how stringent the media was covering, of course, and and the reporting going on with everybody who took vaccines at that time, Mm -hmm. uh, necessarily who passed away after taking the the vaccine. Uh, Let's go back, though, to the year 2009, because you you mentioned that there were several deaths there. What were the cause of deaths? So 2009 is the year when the novel influenza A virus broke out, and the fears among people used to be as high as it is now. So a large number of those in the vulnerable groups, like children and the elderly, got vaccinated. From October 5th to 22nd in 2009, there were a total of eight reported deaths, but none of them had a direct link to the vaccine itself. All A reported deaths were those aged over 60 and reported to have already been suffering underlying diseases like diabetes, high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, and etc. However, there was one death reported from 2009 and that was a result of a flu vaccination. A woman aged 65 was admitted to a hospital uh, and after feeling a lack of energy following a flu injection, After four months, she had died of Miller-Fisher syndrome, a very rare acquired nerve disease that is seen as an aftereffect of flu shots. This is the only reported case so far. Right. So that would be the one where they could try to have some kind of causal link with Mm -hmm. the uh, flu vaccine and the death of this woman uh, aged 65, which then brings us back to 2020 because... The one concern is, yes, we're worried about these people who have died after the vaccination, regardless if there's a linkage between the two. But the other concern is that if nobody then is going to take the vaccine because Mm -hmm. they're scared of it, what will that do for overall community uh, immunity from Mm -hmm. uh, the flu? So that concern right now is now whether we should get the shots or not, despite the reported high death toll. Right. So the main issue today is if we can trust the government's vaccine campaign and participate in it. Some doctors and politicians called for a halt to this campaign that aims to vaccinate about 30 million of the country's 52 million people. 
The rising deaths have also led many to doubt vaccine effects and fear the flu shot. But the government and the health authorities are very adamant about the vaccination. They say that there is no reason for them to stop the vaccine plan right now, as there is no direct link between the flu shots and the 26 cases that have been investigated. The health authorities and experts all agree that there is a higher risk of losing thousands of lives if they stop the vaccines, especially with the flu and COVID-19 surge. They claim that the vaccines will continue to reduce the chance of a twindemic. The Korean Medical Association also insists people take flu shots, but it does advise people to take them later in the future as death cases continue to rise. They suggest keeping an eye on the death toll for a few days first and then going to get their shots. Again, we should point out the KMA is not necessarily a a group that is expert in epidemiological studies, but they are a a lobbying group for these uh, clinic doctors, which can range from plastic surgery to dentistry to all these other uh, sorts of uh, medical practices. Uh, The overriding principle does seem to be Don't listen to anyone else, but listen to the scientists and the experts and see what they are saying in regards to the situation and make an informed uh, decision, uh, regardless of the the fear and panic that you may be feeling, which is a natural human reaction. All right, uh, Kim Soo-yeon, first time. Very good job. Look forward to uh, more reporting from you in the future. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.